Have you ever wondered why some of your prayers haven't been answered? Tune in to today's broadcast of Wisdom for Living when we're going to give you the answer to the reasons why uh, people have unanswered prayer. Welcome to Wisdom for Living with Greg Moore. Join with Greg as he shares truth from the Word of God that will help you grow in wisdom and successfully navigate a balanced life with family, marriage, finances, and relationships. And now, here's Greg. Welcome today to today's broadcast of Wisdom for Living. My name is Greg Moore. Uh, I am uh, the founder and president of Greg Moore Ministries, and we're in the middle of a series that's been just off the charts powerful. For me, it has been. Um, and it's it's how to develop or developing an effective prayer life. You know, I don't want to pray if I if I can't pray effectively. It's in, in that effectual James 5.16 says, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. Um, a lot of times we get we stumble over that word fervent, but in the Greek, effectual fervent is one Greek word. And it just means effectually working. <laughs> That's all it means, is that your prayers are working. How many of you want your prayers to work? <laughs> well, I do. And that's what, you know, we're we're doing in this on this broadcast is we're helping you to develop an effective prayer life. Uh, my wife and I have been walking with the Lord since 1976, and we found that uh, you can't walk with the Lord intimately apart from an effective prayer life and what that's all about. And there's not just one type of prayer. You know, in the la- last three uh, lessons, we've talked about the different kinds of prayer. Um, today, we're going to talk about the reasons for unanswered prayer. So just get ready, maybe call someone, call a friend, text a friend, have them tune in. And I'm going to tell you uh, a couple of funnies here first. This is called, When You Send Men Shopping. A woman sent her husband to the store for a carton of milk. Before he left, she added, and if they have avocados, get six. So he returned home with six cartons of milk. She asked him, why did he get all that milk? He said, because they had avocados. (laughs) Oh, that is funny. That is funny. And then here's another one. It's called the Seniors GPS. I got myself a Seniors GPS today. Not only does it give me directions uh, how to get to my destination, but it also tells me why I wanted to go there. <laughs> oh, that is funny. I don't care who you are. That's awesome. Okay, so let's let's talk about the reasons for unanswered prayer. Um, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. God doesn't say... Yes, sometimes, no other times, and wait a while other times. All the promises of God are yes and amen. If God promised it, uh, you can be sure of it, and you can be sure he he has an affirmative answer for that. Um, So then why does it seem that some prayers go unanswered? Well, there are scriptural reasons for that, and that's what we're going to talk about in today's broadcast. Why? Some prayers seem to go unanswered. We're going to address these reasons 
in this lesson. So the first reason for an unanswered prayer or hindrance to your prayer is just unscriptural prayers. I mean, people just praying things that don't have any foundation in the Word. Uh, God's only obligated to fulfill what He said in His Word or what He promised in His Word. All the promises of God are yes and amen, but He didn't promise to just give you every whim of your flesh. Um, but or he'll 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 give you everything that's you got a, you have a promise on you have a foundation in the word or things that line up with his word. If you're praying for something that violates the word of God, God doesn't hear or answer that prayer. Uh, that that's not a prayer that he is going to answer. I, I've had people come to me uh, and we pastored my wife and I pastored for 27 years and. We had a lot of, lot of goofy ideas about and prayers that people wanted us to agree with them about. And uh, one guy came to me one time and said, you know, he was having marriage problems and, and his wife was a bear, okay? So, you know, he was struggling. And so I get that. And, and you know, but, but look, marriage problems are never one-sided or one-dimensional. Anyway, he, he told me, he said, well, I finally found my soulmate. And I said, whoa, did you, what, did you repent and finally see your wife through God's eyes? He said, no, she's in the choir. And uh, I said, well, you know, uh, and, and he, what he happened was he, he started attending another church and where they had a choir, and he started, he, he, and I said, well, have you ever seen the girl out of her choir robe? <laughs> I said, look, man, your soulmate is is your wife, not not somebody else. And so, you know, Praying for praying for God to to uh, break up a covenant uh, so that you can find somebody else. God's not going to hear that prayer. That's not that's not a scriptural prayer. Uh, praying for God to bless your deal that you had to compromise and lie to get or to justify it by committing. You know you justify compromising principles. Uh, and by and by promising to give God the tithe off of the off of the profit off of that compromising deal, that God didn't hear that prayer, my brother and sister. You know, God does not hear unscriptural prayers. Praying for God to provide for your needs while you're unwilling to work. <laughs> Man, I mean, how many how many people have come to me about that but 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 10 says if you uh, if a man won't work he shouldn't eat so uh, this person I'm thinking about one guy he was offered several jobs but they were menial jobs they were you know janitorial jobs or just uh, driving uh, deli a delivery uh, job and, or in one case he was offered a, you know to, to work for a cleaning service and he he just felt that was way below him. Well, he, he didn't have a job because he'd formerly been in supervision and management of a big company. And he, I said, man, you got to feed your family, dude. And he wanted to come to me, me to agree with him that God was going to provide his needs. I said, he's provided your need, you know, by those jobs. It's like the guy where a flood is coming, you know, the old funny story about the flood that's come into a guy's house and he, you know, he climbs up on top of the roof and is praying for God to rescue him. And, 
and two boats and a helicopter come and he didn't he didn't accept the help. And so many times we're praying, you know, for things and and then we don't we we but yet we're not willing to do we're not because it's above ourselves it's it's pride. And your pride will stop you in your prayer life. 1 John 5:14 and 15 says now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us. Well, his will is his word. If you're praying in line with the word of God, then you can be assured that he hears you. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desired of him or ask of him. Now listen, guys, you need to understand this. If God said, if you ask anything according to my will, I hear you. And if I hear you, the answer is yes. But what does that mean? If you're not asking according to his word, uh, he's not answer- he, he didn't even hear the prayer. It's not something he's receiving. You know, you, you could just as easily ask, if, if we ask anything according to his word, he hears us. You just get in the word of God. Uh, John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will and it'll be given to you. The more you, time you spend in God's word, and listening to God, then then you, then your prayers are going to have have a good foundation. So many times people have come to me and want me to pray for them and agree with them, even though I know it's the will of God. Forget, for example, healing. I want to know, do they have a scripture on that? Man, what has God spoken to you? Has God get has God revealed anything to you? I know my good friend Barry Bennett went through a. Uh, a healing challenge uh, about a year ago, and I, when I, I, one of the things I talked to him when I called him, I said, "Barry, what, what scripture are you standing on? I want to agree with you." And he gave me Romans um, eight and verse two. Uh, he gave me some other scriptures he was standing on, but it said, "For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death." So, man, I was standing on that, praying that. For him, uh, and you know, if you if you need healing, if you if you have a financial need, man, get in the Word of God, and 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 get a let spend time in the Word and, until that Word is in your heart where you can pray, where you can pray that Word. I mean, my my book, Scriptures to Live By, has a number of categories of Scripture that can help you base your prayers on the Word. But you don't have to get that book, but you can just spend time in the Word and get, get a strong concordance. I'm just encouraging you to find a scripture that the Lord has revealed to you or speaking to you, made alive to you, that you stand on before you pray. And unscriptural prayers is one reason why people don't get their prayers answered. Then here's another one, flesh-led and covetous prayers. James chapter uh, 4 addresses this. James 4 and verse 2, it says, You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Yet you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures or on your lusts. So here he's telling you, you, you know, 
You can't receive from God through the means of lust and covetousness or murder. You know, it's not just killing someone, but hating someone in their heart. You know, how, does, how, how do you respond when, when God's blessing someone else? Um, it says you fight in war, yet you do not have because you don't ask. If you would simply place your trust in the Lord for the things that you need and desire, ask and ask your father for him, you would receive him. But so many times what we do is we manipulate or connive or scheme or we're not trusting God, we're coveting and wanting what other people have and 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 wishing we were some someone else or doing something else or being someone else. And coveting and lusting is the opposite of trusting God. And, and you're not going to receive from, from the Lord like that. It's simply trusting. When you're coveting and lusting, you're trusting in your flesh. Or you're trusting in someone else to provide your, your needs and your wants. He, he said you ask and don't receive because you ask amiss that you spend it on your pleasures. If you're asking for things your flesh is crying out for without taking the time to seek God about it and determine determine what the flesh is screaming for is the will of God or not. You know, you, 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 you've you got to take time, my brother and sister. Then he goes on to, say, to seek God about it. He goes on to say, you, you have not because you ask not. He said, look, you're not going to receive from me by following your flesh, by just listening to the whims of your flesh and wishing you had something that you haven't even checked out to find out if it was the will of God. He said, look, if you'll, if you'll ask and if you'll seek me and get a, a foundation in my word for what you, what you desire, he said, you can ask and you can receive from me. You don't have to, you don't have to manipulate. You don't have to connive. You don't have to do all that, that other stuff. And then, and then in, in verses 13 and 15 of the, through 15 of the same chapter, he says, come now you who say today or tomorrow, we're going to go into such and such a city and spend a year there and sell, buy and sell and make profit. Whereas you don't know what will happen tomorrow. For you, what is your life? It's a, a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. And so bottom, bottom line is we need to be seeking the Lord. Um, I don't typically go to God and ask Him for something until I'm sure that it's His will. Um, Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it'll be given you. Seek and you'll, you'll find. Knock and it'll be opened to you. What God showed me about that is ask for what you're sure about and seek, seek Him about what you're not sure about and knock and just be persistent. That doesn't mean I'm knocking on, trying to convince God. I'm just persistent and I don't let go. And when I'm sure. So if you, if you want to have a successful prayer life, stop praying for things you're not sure about. Just seek God about it. And then only ask about what you're sure about is the will of God. Only ask about what you know His grace has provided for you or assigned to you. And so th this, is, this is an important principle. I've, I've shared this with um, teaching in, a lot, in different settings, but we had a young man in our church in Houston, Texas, that had a, had a young family. Uh, he had an 11-year-old son and a baby that was on the way. 
Uh, his wife was great with child, and, and they had a bomb of a car. And, uh, I mean, it leaked oil. It smoked. It, um, if, you, if you got behind it, it, man, it would be a cloud of black smoke. And the headliner was down in it. It was all rusted out. And, and he came and he said, now, Pastor Greg, he said, he said, I want, I want you to agree with me for God to give me, give my, me and my family a new car. I said, yeah, I, I will. And then I was thinking to myself, we're going to receive an offering for this guy. And, um, and I was going to do that or take some money out of our benevolence and help him. But then he said, now, wait a minute, before we pray, I've heard this man on the radio say that you can have whatever you say. And so I'm, I'm declaring, I want you to agree with me for I, God put it in my heart to have an, a cherry apple red Corvette. And I had a hold of his hand and I just pulled it back. I said, I said, how many are in your family? And he said, well, three right now and about to have a third child. I said, well, how many is that Corvette seat? He said, well, two. I said, well, you selfish thing, you. Are you going to have, you're going to drive the Corvette and your wife, your wife drive the bomb? I said, no way. I'm, I'm, I'll agree with you for a, for an SUV or a station wagon or something, but um, not, or a minivan, but not, not that. Anyway, we were, I was going to receive an offering for him to get him a, car and he left the church over that and i you know like andrew womack says you know how dumb can you be and still breathe but some people go so far as attempting to carry out their selfish agenda with witchcraft prayers attempting to control others that they're fearful of and that may spoil their agenda and all that guys god doesn't hear these kind of prayers he didn't hear, uh, God, that, that man did not have Corvette grace. <laughs> he didn't have Corvette faith or Corvette grace. And minivan maybe, praise God. Anyway, so the third, you know, if, look, if, if you're praying flesh-led, covetous prayers, God doesn't hear that. The third thing is strife and gossip. 1 Peter 3, verse 7, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Notice that there, your prayers be not hindered. Strife in relationships, my brother and sister, will hinder your prayers. It'll, it'll, it'll stop uh, the will of God from coming to pass. It's, it's better to be in unity in your marriage relationship than it is for you to be right. And I'm talking especially to men here. You can be right or you can be happy. <laughs> Hallelujah. So this verse reveals that it's possible for your, for your prayers to be hindered. Uh, what will hinder the prayers of a married couple? Strife, unwillingness to get along or yield to, to the desires and the will of one another if you're constantly pushing your own agenda rather than listening to your maid and listening to what's on their heart, um, it's going to hinder your prayers. It, you know, Proverbs 13.10 says, only by pride comes contention or strife. And God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Pride and strife will restrict a fruitful prayer life. You know, how do, how do you avoid uh, how do you avoid that? Just determine to make unity your goal. Uh, and, and I'm not saying compromise the truth or 
yield to sin or anything else, but make unity a stronger goal in your relationships than, than being right. Have compassion for one another. Don't return evil for evil, but blessing. And the results of a life lived in humility are the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. You can find all of that in 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, verses 10 through 12. You know, that man, I, I've seen couples who are constantly in, in strife and ter- emotional turmoil, and it just opens the door to the enemy in their lives. Uh, like Andrew Womack says, to eat their lunch and pop the bag. So I, I'm encouraging you, strife and gossip and, and a relational conflict is, is, a, is a great hindrance uh, to your prayer life. And I'm encouraging you, deal with that by dealing with your pride. Just say, God, forgive me for my pride, needing to be right, to prove that I'm right, to try to win all the arguments. Uh, help me to have a heart to understand more than a heart to be understood. And that's powerful. Then another thing that will stop prayer is unforgiveness. Um, that'll hinder uh, effective prayer and that will, that will uh, uh, a reason for unanswered prayer. Mark eleven twenty five says, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, Forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. Unforgiveness can hinder us from receiving the full benefits of, of, a, of an, a fruitful and effective prayer life and of, of what Jesus bought and paid for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11 says, Now, whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. If in, Indeed, if I, I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we're not ignorant of, of his devices. Unforgiveness gives the enemy an advantage over us and hinders our prayers. Uh, someone that's watching right now, uh, you've got unforgiveness and judgment in your heart towards someone. You haven't recognized it. And uh, someone did you wrong or, or, or made a you know, they, they made a mistake in the relationship, but you're holding that over them. You need to forgive them. You need to let it go because it's hindering your prayer life. And you're blaming them. And I'm telling you, you got forgiveness will release you and will cause your prayer life to be effective. Uh, go, go ask the Lord. Lord, show me my heart the way you see me and, and, and release forgiveness toward that person um, and, and choose to value what Jesus how do you forgive people? You choose to value what Jesus did for you and them more than what someone did to you. Choose to value the cross greater than your pain and loss that maybe that person inflicted upon you. And I, I'm telling you, guys, unforgiveness and, and offense will hinder you and it will stop you in, in an effective prayer life. The final thing I want to share with you, I'm just going to be able to mention it in, the, in today's broadcast is, is um, letting go of the promise of God, not applying, failing to apply patience to, uh, to what, you've, what you've believed and you started off in faith about. Hebrews chapter 10 
says, verse 35, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance or patience, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. But we're not of those who draw back to destruction, but of those who believe to the saving of, the, of our souls. Listen, you need, you need to hold, if, you, if, if you've got the Word of God on something, and you prayed and you believe, and you know that God's grace has provided that, that for you, could be a house. It could be someone that's watching is believing for a house right now. Um, pray, pray that prayer. Believe. Get, get scriptures to base your prayer on. But then hold on to it. Don't let go of the promise of God. Don't let it go. Don't, but many times prayers are not manifested because we started off in faith, but then we didn't let patience have its perfect work. We wanted to microwave what, what we were praying for, and God doesn't work like that. He, he wants you to receive your prayers. You can go back, get in faith, brush the dust off of that thing that you let go, and come back and get back into agreement and hold on to that. Don't let go. We're not of those who, uh, who let go and draw back. You're, you're a person of faith. I just speak grace to you today and peace to you today. Uh, that you can have an effective prayer life. You're not going to let these reasons for unanswered prayer to affect you. You're going to, rather, you're going to get into the Word of God, develop your relationship with the Lord, and and you're you're going to walk in a fruitful, effective, powerful prayer life. Thanks so much for tuning in today to Wisdom for Living. Today's teaching: Developing an Effective Prayer Life is available in a five-disc CD or DVD album or on a USB flash drive containing both audio and 4K video. Go to gregmore.com and order your copy today. On today's broadcast, I mentioned my book, Scriptures to Live By. Uh, Man, when you're praying, you want to have a foundation of the Word of God, and, and this book has 41 categories of Scripture that will change your life on healing, on prosperity, on wisdom, uh, on several topics and just I know it'll bless you uh, go to my website gregmore.com pick up a copy maybe two copies to give to a friend God bless you in his book scriptures to live by Greg has compiled an arsenal of scriptures in 41 essential categories that will arm you to successfully conquer life's difficulties speak the word over your circumstances order your copy at gregmore.com today If you've been blessed by today's teaching, we would like you to consider partnering with Greg Moore Ministries. Your partnership will help expand this broadcast around the world to give people the opportunity to grow in wisdom, Christ-likeness, and grace. Go to gregmoore.com and become a partner today. Remember, you can order resources or partner with our ministry at gregmoore.com or by writing to the address on your screen. We look forward to hearing from you today. Join us again tomorrow for more Wisdom for Living. Father, I'm speaking peace to someone right now who's uh, been uh, self-condemned. They may, they've uh, started to walk with you and then the enemy tripped them up and they're, they're just beating themselves up. I just set you free from that condemnation right now in Jesus' name. Take authority over that in the name of Jesus. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 1 says, and I 
and I, I free you from that condemnation. Come out of that condemnation and guilt cell. Come out, walk out right now in the name of Jesus. Lay that, forgive yourself. Just, just choose to forgive yourself and, and let that go. Stop trying to uh, do penance. Stop trying to uh, figure out in your mind how you could do it better. Stop trying to make a vow of your will to try to live perfect and right. You're not gonna do that uh, by a vow of your will or the strength of your own ability. It's, it's through the blood of Jesus. That's tomorrow on Wisdom for Living.